Amen. Okay, I want to just make a comment or two as we get into what I have to say this morning. We live in an upside down world where good is now evil and evil is now good. You know, Isaiah prophesied about our day in Isaiah 5.20 when he says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, it just seems as if that every sphere of life today is filled with discord and disharmony and injustice and strife, and the world yearns for peace. The world yearns for peace. But amazingly, they don't know where to go to, to get it or who they can get it from. But you know, Isaiah prophesying about the coming of Jesus Christ as a babe in a manger in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, he says, he said this, but unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called for superlatives about him. Number one, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Number two, he shall be called the Mighty God. Number three, he shall be called the Everlasting Father. And then number four, he shall be called the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And it's about that last superlative that I wanted to speak briefly today about. You know, this peace that the Prince of Peace brings is absolutely, it's amazing, amazing. The word peace of the prince there is the word sar, S-A-R in the Hebrew language. And it's translated one who takes the lead or one who commands or one who rules. It speaks about one who has peace within himself and then he willingly imparts that peace to others. So we could say in the word peace, we could say source. Uh, or, or we could say he is the one who transmits or gives peace to other people. In Acts chapter three, verse 15, Peter calls Jesus the prince of life because he alone had life within himself and he alone can impart life to other people. John 5, 26 uh, Jesus speaking says, says, for as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And so we could say that the Prince of Peace then is the source of peace. And we could say that the Prince of Life is the source of life. Now, I, I find that in the epistles, that it's no accident that seven times, actually more, Seven times God's referred to as the God of peace. The first one is found in Romans chapter 16, verse 20 that we read last Sunday. And that is that the God of peace shall bruise or crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The second usage is found in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 when it says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly 
And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There he again is referred to as the very God of peace. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in all the churches of the saints. So again, he is the God of peace. Never the God of confusion. Romans 15, 33. Now, God, now the God of peace be with you. Amen. The God of peace is with us. Philippians 4, 9. Those things, these things, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Then we've got Hebrews 13, 21. And the list just goes on and on and on. So, tr- so clearly, the Bible reveals that God is the God of peace. But even further, it says this, that Jesus is our peace. He is our peace. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to begin reading in in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. This is what it says. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And those we who are far away because of our sins had now been brought near because of the blood of Jesus Christ. For he is our peace who has made both one, meaning Jew and Gentile, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of two, Jew and Gentile, one new man. He wanted to take Jew and Gentile and get rid of the enmity between them and then to make of the two one new man, so making peace. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, and having slain the enmity thereof, he came and he preached peace to you who were afar off and to them who were near. So I want you to see that the Bible reveals that he is, he is our peace. The Knox translation says that he is our bond of peace. The, the J.B. Phillips translation says that Jesus is our living, living peace. I love John 14, 27. I want to read it from the Amplified Classic because it says this, peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and I bequeath it to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So if if the Bible says we can do that, then we can do that. But the reason we can do that is because of the supernatural power of God's peace. The Amplified, not the Amplified Christ, but the New Amplified 
He says, my perfect peace I leave with you. In the Old Testament, the word peace is translated shalom. In the New Testament, it's translated irene. And they both mean exactly the same thing. It, they, it conveys the idea of being whole or sound or complete. When I'm at peace, then I, I experience a sense of wholeness, of completeness, of soundness. That's why uh, some translate it, nothing missing, nothing broken. So when I am at peace with God and I have the peace of God, then I am complete, I'm whole, I'm sound, I'm not fractured, I'm not fragmented in any way. So the Amplified, my perfect peace. The CEV version says that I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. Think about that, the kind of peace that Jesus said only I, only I have that kind of peace. Like the agape love of God. You cannot get the agape love of God anywhere but in the person of Jesus Christ. Why? Because his love and his peace are proprietary. Like if a drug company has the patent on a drug, uh, then the only place you can go to get that drug is that one drug company because they have proprietary properties to the sale of that drug. So if you want the love of God, then you can't go to anywhere and get the love of God. It only comes through the person and work of Jesus Christ. If you want the peace of God, there's only one place to go to get it. That's the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why the world yearns for peace, but they're going to all the wrong places to find it. Hollywood cannot give you peace. Politics cannot give you peace. Money or business or what it cannot give you. Only Jesus Christ can make you whole and sound and complete and can impart because he's the Prince of Peace. He imparts and gives peace to other people. So the Taylor translation says, and the peace that I give isn't fragile like the peace that the world gives. See, the, the peace that the world gives is entirely dependent on circumstances. If things are going your way and you're doing good, then you're at peace. But if you have the slightest bit of trouble, then you're gonna find that you are, that, that peace is shattered and you find yourself unsettled and in turmoil and, and that's simply evidence that you have not received the peace of God, amen. So the world has a peace that it gives, but it's shallow, temporary, fragile. But Jesus said that the, 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 the peace that I give can cause you not to let your heart to be troubled, not to let your heart be afraid, stop allowing yourself to be agitated, disturbed, and then he says, do not permit yourselves to be fearful or intimidated or cowardly or unsettled. That's what the peace of God can do for you. I love that. So the point is, is that there is something supernatural about the peace of God. And it only comes to us by impartation of the Holy Spirit working through the person and work of Jesus Christ. 
And let me read Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We get a hint about this, how sovereignly supernatural the peace of God really is. In Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to read beginning in verse 6, and then we'll read verse 7. Paul writes and he says to the body of Christ, to our church, to you as an individual, be careful for nothing. What's he saying? Don't worry about anything at all. Just don't worry. Did you know there's no benefit at all in worrying? It is a wasted emotion. Worry will never bring you to victory ground. So he says, don't worry about anything at all, but rather in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests or your wants be made known unto God. And if you'll do that, he says, and connecting prayer and peace together and the peace of God. Notice what it says about the peace of God. It passes all understanding. It passes all understanding. What does that really mean? Well, the Weymouth translation says that it transcends all power of thought. All power of thought. That that means that when you're under pressure and and you got trouble and and there there are things going on that are trying to sink you and, and cause you to go under, not over. When those things happen, then there is a, there is a something about peace that you just can't wrap your mind around. I mean, you ought to be falling apart like a $5 suitcase, but you're not. And, and, and to the mind, it's it just so difficult to, to get a handle on that which only comes by impartation and that which is entirely supernatural and working. The peace of God. It's amazing. The peace of God is literally supernatural. So it transcends all power of thought. The Moffat translation said it surpasses all of, the, of our dreams. The uh, New and the New American Standard Version says it passes all human comprehension. It just doesn't make any sense. I ought to be, ought to be a basket case, but I'm not. Why? Because peace is from within. And it, like joy, peace and joy are fruits of the Spirit. They are inward spiritual forces. Happiness is circumstance dependent. Now, your happiness is dependent on things externally affecting your life. But joy and peace are spiritual. And they come from the inside and they make their way to the outside. And that's why in the midst of turmoil and trouble, then you can be at rest, at ease, at peace. So I want you to see that, that peace is not just the absence of the negative, but it's the presence of the positive. Now, there's, peace is not just not having circumstances that are adverse. But peace is having an impartation from God by the avenue of the Holy Spirit for it, it to be something that is life transforming. Think about that. The, the world yearns for peace. 
But it only comes through the person of Jesus Christ. And it comes by direct impartation of the Holy Spirit. Remember when Moses, when God told Moses, because you disobeyed, you're not going to get to go into the promised land. So I want you to take Joshua and I want you to set him before all the elders and I want you to put some of your honor upon him. I never heard of such a thing. What do you mean put? How do you put honor on somebody? He says, because I want you to lay your hands upon him. And so Moses did. Moses laid his hands upon Joshua. And then later in the book of Joshua, it says that Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom. How? Because Moses had laid his hands on him. So notice that there was something that, something that left Moses and passed into Joshua by impartation, by impartation. And so I want you to see that impartation is, it's, it's real. And it is a means whereby that the things of God pass to us and they come to us on the wings of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. So peace is something that just transcends our ability to just come to terms uh, with it. And, and that's why we're going to find that it surpasses all human comprehension. Now, we don't have the mirror in our, the mirror version in our overhead, but this is what it says. It is beyond the reach of any thought that could possibly unsettle you. Peace is beyond the reach of anything that could possibly unsettle you. Now there's, when problems come, they just can't reach you because you've got the supernatural peace of God. And here's why, verse seven. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word keep there in the Hebrew language means to mount, to mount guard or to mount garrison roundabout. Like, like you would have a guard on duty. Matter of fact, that's what the mirror translates it at this. It says this. Just like a sentry guard secures a city watching out in advance for the first signs of any possible threat. Your heart's deepest feelings and the tranquility of your thoughts are truly guarded here. So it says that the peace of God mounts garrison around about our hearts and our minds in Christ. And it's like a center. It keeps out those things which would come to unsettle us. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing thing. And so the key point that I want to make is that this peace is not measured by external circumstances, that we're not talking about a fragile sense of peace, which can be easily torn down or disturbed. But, but we, have, we have the peace of God himself. Now that Jesus said, my peace, I leave you. So we have Jesus' own peace. Think of it, isn't that amazing? We have Jesus' own peace. And so when I, when I think about the fact that I possess the very peace of God, 
then there should nothing in life unsettle me. And that's why we need to be in the Bible. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be meditating on His promises so that when bad news comes, like Psalms chapter 112 said, that I am I'm not distracted. I'm not fearful. I'm not going to fall into that mode of being afraid. Why? Because the peace of God has gotten me. I'm covered by the peace of God. It's like a sentry. It mounts guard round about my heart and mind in Christ. Now, in Luke chapter 2, we have the very first announcement that there was coming a Savior into the world. And I want to read this story, Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to begin in verse 8. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. I'll get there. Luke chapter 2. Okay, it says this. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the, uh, that's big time afraid. And uh, the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. Man, I've got good news. Matter of fact, I've got the best news you have ever heard in all of your life. I've got good tidings of great joy. And this shall be to all people, everybody around the world, every tribe and tongue and nation. I bring you good tidings of great joy. That shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Notice that he is the Savior of the whole world. Not just the church, but he's the Savior of the whole world. So it says, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. And this is what they said. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And on earth peace. And in your life peace. And then goodwill toward men. God's kindly intention, God's goodwill and plan and purpose for you is included in Jesus' saving sacrifice, peace, and goodwill toward all men. You know, amazing, when Jesus came as a baby in a major, circumstances in the world at that time were not a lot different than they are now. Notice that they were under the oppressive rule of the Roman government, and it was marked by uncertainty, by strife, by division, by injustices, by cruelty. And we see much of that going on in our world around us. We live in an upside down world where things are simply not as God wants them to be. And that's why we are praying for God to rescue America, save America, save the world, and bring us once again into harmony with the person of Jesus Christ. So I want you to see that peace only comes through the work of the cross of Calvary. That's how peace is issued. I, I, I didn't give you this in the notes, but I'm going to real quick, Romans chapter three, and I'll close. 
Romans chapter 3 says this. Romans chapter 3, it says this uh, at the end of, where'd it go? Hang on. Uh, okay, yeah, here it is. Romans chapter 4, verse 24, or verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone, meaning Abraham, that it was imputed to him, but for us also. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, and about Jesus being raised from the dead, it says, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our glorification. We were not glorified, nor were we delivered from our offenses until Jesus was raised from the dead. But then now that he has been raised from the dead, the next chapter, verse one, chapter five, verse one, says, therefore being justified by God as a judicial legal act, being justified by God that now that we have peace with God. Think about that. There's no, there's no more war. Sin has been dealt with. The, the separation between God and man, God's anger and wrath towards sin were laid upon the person of his son on the cross of Calvary. And so now because of that, we have not only the peace with God, but we had the peace of God. Amen. So because of that, I'm going to pray. We have a ton of people that are watching by live stream all over the world this morning as we do every Sunday second service. And so I'm going to pray for those of you here in our congregation. And then I'm going to also pray for those who are watching by live stream. Many need God's miracle power imparted to them today. You need the peace of God. It is the world's most valuable commodity, not silver, not gold, not oil, not precious stones, but peace, peace, the supernatural peace of God. So Father, today I pray over this congregation gathered here in our church, and I pray for those all around the world watching by live stream. And Father, I thank you today for a supernatural impartation of divine peace, 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 the peace of heaven settling on the inside of every single person, mounting guard over their hearts and their minds in Christ. And Father, I thank you for the release of that peace in, upon them and in them. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God.